Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 37 of the Own the Moment podcast. My name is TJ Lasik. I'm one of the co-founders here at OTM, and oof, it's been a busy 48 hours here in the Top Shot world and the crypto world in general. And as always, here to break it down with me, we've got Justin Herzig. Justin, a lot going on, my friend. And we've got the playoff starting, some playing games. We are oh, an hour stuff. and a half away from LeBron versus Steph. Oof. That, uh, that intro music got me bumping, but it's going to go all the way through late night tonight with that game. I'm pumped. Yeah, it's going to be going to be a great night. Definitely be watching that one tonight. Chat, welcome to the chat. Fire it up, as Producer Coop says. Some big chat energy tonight. Love that from Producer Coop. So if you are enjoying the show, go ahead. Hammer that like button, people. Might as well get it out of the way early, and then we can move on with the show. But all right, Justin, let's just jump right into things here. So, I mean... I wake up in the morning to the crypto world coming to an end as we saw prices across the board not looking so hot. And that's what started today. And then I feel like we've just got a ton of different top shot topics to cover here. We've got CC moments of 40K plus now. We've got a Steph Curry cool cat that's just been announced. We've got you know talk about how series two is going to end with the NBA finals. Man, where, where, do, where do we begin? Just so much. Um, and like, I think we were talking like Monday was pretty kind of low key and stuff, not too exciting. And then Tuesday um, wasn't even, you know, just, just kind of out of nowhere, their NBA Top Shot updates account just started throwing out some new information as just matter of fact. And then today as well, we get the big announce with that stuff. Uh, and yeah, I think uh, the place to start though is probably what we've seen with the crypto space today. Because um, I think this is the uh, biggest... Um, whatever you want to call it, bounce back, uh, kind of worst day. Um, maybe since 2013, maybe there was one in 2018, but uh, this was, it was really bad. And there's really not a great explanation and not that there always needs to be a great explanation. We kind of had seen, uh, you know, the, the, the Elon factor um, over the past couple days. Um, but then it really felt like today was just kind of a compound of a couple events uh, that led to uh, just kind of you know, a, a combination of some individual as, aspects to it. But then also apparently there was some institutional money that once it hit 40K, uh, those just basically got triggered and then it just kind of downward spiraled a bit from there. Yeah, I woke up in the morning, checked my phone and I was like, oh, it's going to be a fun day on Twitter. I can tell you that much. And yeah, it's going to it's gonna be interesting. I think for me personally, I'm... I've been debating on loading up my crypto portfolio a little bit more. So I think it's probably a good time to start averaging in on that. But I don't know. I don't try to predict the future too much. I think it's going to continue to be volatile, I would think, for the next couple of days. But And what what do you think that this impact is on the NFT market, if anything? I know we put out a tweet earlier. One of my thoughts was like, okay, top shot aside, you go to things at OpenSea that are listed in ETH and all of a sudden the dollar value of ETH goes down significantly if people aren't changing the the bid prices on those Ethereum there. Like what is the impact there? How do you think about that? Yeah. So I think short term, anything that is being priced in ETH, um, I mean, those floors have now been dropped significantly. Um, you know, you were maybe if you're thinking about buying something, you see there's a 10% discount, it gets more attractive here. We're seeing anywhere 30, 40% discount uh, for those in. And a lot of people, you know, just if you're not really on top of it, if you're not paying attention immediately, if you have a large enough portfolio and you can't manage it all, like 
we did see those were getting scooped today. And uh, that's what kind of put that tweet out this morning saying like, hey, this might be one of the best times to be purchasing NFTs um, because a combination of what you just said, where A, you've got prices where um, you know it may not have been as attractive when it was as high as it was, but now you've got then some significant sales. Uh, and when we're making purchases of digital assets, of NFTs, nothing that has happened in crypto has changed the fundamentals of those NFTs. You know, you're building, you know, you're making purchases of those NFTs based off community, based off hopefully long-term aspects, based off the actual artist or the artwork or the collector, you know, a component of what we are in Top Shot or Zed or wherever it is. Uh, our assets haven't changed just because there's now been some crypto differences. Uh, so that's why, you know, if you're still bullish in the fundamentals, nothing really should have altered that. And so now you're just getting kind of a discount. I think for people who do have a strong amount of their money in crypto, like, okay, for that individual person, things may have changed because now you need to consider, okay, like how risky are you willing to be in your investments when you maybe just took a strong hit? And that obviously makes sense on an individual basis. People need to account for that. Uh, but for a lot of other people who, you know, especially top shot people, don't have their money in, you know, or at least like they're spending money in their crypto accounts and such. And so if you, you know, are still bullish, and this was an opportunity you wanted to go get, you know, that um, the, the board ape, or, you know, maybe you had a more and you wanted to even explore crypto punks, maybe in a group or something or different art and stuff. Uh, this right now is still one of the best times, I think, um, for people who, uh, you know, to take that step into new NFTs. Yeah, it makes sense. And I think it's just a good reminder overall, just the same way that the, the top shot downfall has been a good reminder overall of things can seem like they're going going to go good forever and you just never know. That's the fact. I mean, I know that crypto has just gone up, 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 up. And I think it's it's a good you know level set and makes you realize, got to set expectations with yourselves that things cannot just continue to go up at that rate forever. And I think this correction was bound to happen. It's crazy that it happened all at once so quickly. But uh, agree with that take on how it impacts the NFT market. Yeah, and I, I think Malik Sealy here gave you know a nice kind of combination. I think this is this is some of it. There's more too, but like yeah. So you have the Elon fund, you have the China. We can kind of talk on that real quick. Um, what happened is that China apparently made an announcement that reaffirmed things they've already had, which is equivalent to or in a very similar vein to what the United States had with Black Friday for poker, uh, where they can't actually ban like the user from playing poker. And make that illegal and do that instead they said okay we're going to attack the avenue for which you would do this which is anyone who you know any banks are not allowed to work with poker companies uh any payment processors are not allowed to accept their payments and that's similar to what china has had and i believe they've had this for the last kind of i don't know uh, at least three to five years um and so today apparently or last night today they made an announcement just reaffirming that um but to be fair like not many people you know a lot of Main major news outlets outlets don't have uh, a Chinese you know, a, a correspondent for China or for all these announcements. So it ends up happening that a few different ones kind of pick it up, and they pick that up and it ran mainstream that China announced a new ban. And uh, obviously, I don't speak Chinese. I'm not. I'm still kind of going from secondary sources and what I was able to read. But from what it sounds like is the ban hasn't changed from what it already was. It was just a reaffirmation of it. But now that's one component that obviously led to this FUD. So you take what Elon's already been tweeting for the past week, you take this China stuff. Malik even mentioned the tax day aspect of, yeah, it's four days past tax day. And a lot of people who, you know, 
maybe weren't as uh, conservative with holding their earnings. You know, if they made sales and stuff and they owe taxes and they're like, oh, I'll just keep it in crypto and sell out. If crypto starts going down, these are money. That's money that people may really need to be able to pay their taxes. So now they're selling. So you add on those. And as I mentioned before, there were a lot of institutional money that looked like at 40,000. They put a kind of sell order in from even this might have been days, weeks ago, but if it ever got there. So once it hit that 40K, it then just continued to drop its spiral. So it's really this just combination of a variety of events that led to um, you know th this timing. And, and as you said, we've seen ridiculous growth and you know just upward movement over the past six months. So you throw all that together, and then a market correction was likely you know upcoming. Uh, it's unfortunate, but it, it, it makes sense why these kind of continues one after another add together. Yeah, it was really the perfect storm of events, and was. <laughs> It, to some extent bound to happen. I just, ho hopefully there aren't too many people that were just getting into crypto and just heard about it. And, you know, similar to Top Shot ended up buying in at the top and now have a, a poor taste in their mouth as a result of that. But I'm sure that there are people out there. I mean, things were just getting out of control and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of days. All right. So then we woke up to that. And then we had more Top Shot news going on today and also some, some news that came in yesterday. So I'm just going to quickly summarize the, the things that I've seen. And then you can let me know if I missed anything or you want to touch on anything deeper. So we had news on base set moments. So some of the CCs have begun to increase from the 35K to 40K plus, And we expect that number to continue to grow. Meanwhile, other 35Ks are now set to 35LE. So we're not going to go through the list of all of those, but... But let me, yeah. yeah, let me at least react to that because I think the big thing here is that them moving it from 35K to 40K shows that they did want to make some movement, but it wasn't all the way to that 50. Uh, if they expected that these S2s were going to get to 50, I think then we would have seen that initial movement here. Um, I think I saw someone that was saying, uh, maybe it was from uh, you know their, uh, their version of Office Hours that they now have. Uh, then it might even be up to 45 or something. Um, but then the official announcement definitely said what they're going with 40. Uh, I think we can be fairly confident that these aren't going to get all the way up to 50 or such, especially when you tie in as well that what you're going to be talking about where Series 2 is going to come to an end at the end of this year's playoffs. Um, so, And we no longer, with the packs that are you know the new um, pre-registration packs, are not going to everyone. So we're not expecting to have you know, the six, you know, 600,000 moments for every new week, every new pack. Uh, so I think this, you know, for people who are trying to kind of scoop some of these, I wouldn't be too concerned that that 40K is going to continue to rise. Uh, and now it's, I think it's also a little interesting because for players that have two of these, um, you know, moments that are the 35K and the 40K, it does add a little differentiation if you're collecting uh, beyond just the actual, you know, play in the moment itself. Yep, and the big thing that you talked about there is that we had today, it was the deadline for release 36 for the reservation packs, and then release 37 came out for a reservation pack, but it was only for new collectors. So if you had already bought any pack, you were not eligible for this one. So I definitely like that. I think that's a great way to get new collectors involved. It's also a great way, as we said, to not continue to absolutely flood the market, giving out these new packs to 100,000, 200,000 people like they've been doing. So I, I like the the movement there. And so I think we've seen a lot of feedback on Twitter about people being unhappy with how many packs are coming out. And so clearly they're 
at least listening somewhat and coming up with a, a little bit of a middle ground where they're still getting their new customers engaged, but they're not just overloading the supply. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. And then we have the Steph, Steph Curry Cool Cat. So a, a new Steph Curry that is just quote unquote free and it will be gifted to people that did one of two things. So either completed any challenge, any ch- it doesn't didn't have to be one of the Cool Cats challenges, right? Any of the challenges and have two Cool Cats or to the 3,000 people that have the most Cool Cat moments. So really, I think trying to, to reward collectors that have been actually actively participating in some of the challenges and particularly in the cool cats challenge and Steph Curry, man, that's, that's, that's one of the best ones that you could get there. So I think that that's a pretty cool move for people like us that have lots of cool cats and that hasn't been going great lately, but that's a little, a little bit of a boost in the right direction. I'm, I'm sure that that stuff's going to be a pretty valuable one. How, how many people are we thinking? We said, yeah, how, how many people are we thinking? Did we well, get to that? We saw we saw that seventeen thousand seven hundred and eighty four are going to be minted. Um, the question then becomes, okay, well, how many of those are going to go into people's hands kind of immediately? Um, my guess is that they, you know, they're like, hey, we like this idea of minting, you know, the seventeen seventy four number, uh, and then from there, let's figure out how we can kind of construct the rules so that we're giving out maybe. You know, so that 15, 16,000 people qualify. Maybe they still have a couple left over for promo, for customer service, whatever it is. Um, but overall, I think, yeah, we'll see majority of those are going to go to into the market um, and just count it as a, you know, an LE 17, um, 1774. Um, and from a kind of price target there, I think during the challenge, that'll probably end up hovering around maybe like $65 or so. Uh, and then post that Luca challenge, it'll probably drop a little down to around 45. Makes sense. I think that was it for the the big news. I had I asked two other, you know, the showcase quest ended today. And another thing that we saw was Roham in a tweet from Dapper implying that collector score will eventually incentivize marketplace activity to some extent. So we were pretty happy to see that. Something that we've talked about on this show the idea of with collector score, not just being able to, you know, early on you bought a bunch of moments and now you have a massive collector score forever. It instead incentivizes active activity, actually buying in the marketplace, not just only collecting packs. So again, just, just continuing to see, I think good bits and pieces of information. I know that everyone wants it all and they want it all now, but can definitely see things trending in the right direction in terms of some of the, the decisions that are being made. Yeah, and we'll see how dynamic the collector score is. Um, I don't believe that, you know, we haven't we haven't ideally heard yet that it's going to be like only the past six months or some kind of time box. Uh, we do just know that the current structure is a bit fluid and it's going, your collector score will evolve as they change the rules to kind of get, you know, get it right. Um, one of the things he mentioned that you know, kind of alluded to in his tweet is that they want to incentivize marketplace activity. They believe that, you know, to be able to qualify for these future um, rare legendary pack drops, it's going to obviously come down to collector score and they want to make sure that they are incentivizing that marketplace purchases. Uh, And so that's kind of that right step, that step in the right direction, which I think is really good. Uh, And then as for showcase quests, um, have not heard a number for how many completed it yet. I think this may take some time and we'll see how lenient they actually are. Um, the, two, the two complications maybe will be that one is how many people actually put like the hashtag quest in the title. Uh, and the second is 
how many people, um, you know, incorrectly chose a player where, um, trying to think maybe people were talking, it was Bulbul was an example, um, who is a center in one moment and then a power forward in another. And if you use the power forward one, uh, are you going to, you know, will they kind of uh, say, Hey, we'll give you that one. Um, according to, you know, our friend moment nerd, uh, I think he did a poll yesterday and saw that around 9,600 had qualified. Um, I think, but that is by hundred percent by the book. I think more likely if they end up being more lenient, we'll probably see something around like that 14, 15,000. Uh, and I think earlier today, you know, we put out that I think as a guess, it was going to be around 12,000. So I think that's a fair range between like 12 and 15. Bill. All righty. Should we talk some basketball, Justin? Should we yeah. talk some, some regular season awards? Let's, let's give that a look here. So I'm going to go ahead and share this view where we're going to walk through, you know, the, the four primary rewards here. We can also touch on the sixth man a bit, but uh, we've got, I mean, at this point, you know, it, 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 there's pretty, pretty massive, massive favorites here. We also got the honor, honorable mentions listed below, but for the MVP, you've got Nikola Jokic coming in at minus 10,000. You've got LaMelo Ball as the rookie of the year favorite at minus 2,500. Rudy Gobert for defensive player, minus 10,000. And Julius Randle, most improved, minus 10,000. We also have put up here the lowest ask for each of those if anyone is interested. So I think what, what we're trying to decide here, Justin, is that while, yes, it's pretty clear who is going to win each of these awards, is that already baked into their prices? Do we think that we're going to see some movement after these awards are announced? Are we going to see that it just doesn't even matter? What do you think? Obviously you are betting that it's going to have an impact on at least one of these guys, but across the board, what are your thoughts on these awards and what are your thoughts on how they may or may not impact the top shot market? I think it will only really have a, have an impact if they end up getting badges for winning their awards. Um, because I think, and even then it comes down to, it depends on the moment. So for example, let's use Rudy Gobert. Um, is at $4 right now for his slash 40,000. Uh, he's already won, I think two out of the last three years, he won defensive player of the year. I'll have to look that up, but that sounds about right. Um, getting another defensive player of the year, like that's fantastic. Like Howard had two. Now if Gobert was, is likely going to have three. If you add a badge to that moment, maybe it adds, but like, do people actually care about defensive player of the year? I'm not quite sure. Uh, and unfortunately I think most improved and six man award probably don't have that much of a, you know, uh, collector value as well. Uh, I think it might get a tiny bump or something, and maybe it'll be just a short-lived bump. Um, but I'm also not as positive that Top Shot would really create a badge for those awards. Uh, MVP and Rookie of the Year, I think, are the outliers. Um, or the, I think they're the two that actually really matter. Uh, and so for, you know, Jokic, this is where, uh, yeah, you know, I think it was Monday when I was making that, you know, just big stack is, hey, I've been waiting on this for a while and I kind of want to just find the right time for it. I knew I was eventually going to do it is I believe that they're going to come out with the MVP badge. They've already had badges for other things. We know that the badge is just a UI aspect, so it doesn't actually have to come when the moment is minted. Uh, they can still put it on the moment in, you know, in retrospective. Uh, and we've seen that already. So from a technical standpoint, it's feasible from a desirability standpoint, 
Roham had mentioned in the past that they're definitely either Roham or his team mentioned in the past that they were definitely open to it. They were, you know, exploring it. Uh, they didn't get shut down. That gives me additional hope. And at the end of the day, why would they not? This is just another great way to reward someone who had a great season. And I think after they saw what happened to the Giannis situation, the entire set for Giannis and how it tanked this market, I think they might even want to kind of go the other way and say, hey, we want to reward the players you know, that had the great year for people who had their moments and had that foresight. And uh, so I'd love to see that. And then so to get into the actual moments, Jokic has a slash 35K. Now he has a slash 40K. The prices are pretty similar. I think it's 7 and 11 is what I was looking at previously. Um, I don't think there's much there. I think that sounds about right, uh, except that they're both probably low. So I think there's still value in both the 7 and the 11. And I bought a couple of the 11s today, not nearly as much as the 130 on Monday. But uh, I got, I think, a couple. So and th- then, was this the one that you were buying earlier, yes. but now it's 40? It was 35 at the time? Correct. Okay. Yep, exactly. Um, and it, what's interesting is its circulation um, is not that high. It might be around 20%. There's still going to be a bunch more that come to the market. Uh, but I think that, you know, it was at a point where the price is still cheap enough. Um, I don't think that, you know, it's going to go significantly down. And we're at a time period where they may announce the, you know, as these awards start coming into play with the MVP and such, um, they, I wanted to make sure I was ahead of the game on that. So even if as more moments kind of come out, um, if it does drop down to, you know, stays at $6, $7, whatever it is. Uh, I think that's still a uh, going to be a substantial value from when the badge is on it long term. Yeah, so it looks like thirty one percent in circulation for the forty k Jokic. Yeah, can we go to uh, Lamelo? Yeah, and and nine percent are in a pack, so it actually is then forty percent are out there. Um, yeah, yeah. Sure. All right, so let's go to Lamelo because um, I think this is an interesting test case here. For his so the moments that he has available right now are the rising stars base set two layup out of 40,000 and the you know the triple badger out of 4,000. Going forward, I believe we're also going to have a legendary hollow icon of him, an MGLE of him, and maybe if they do that other legendary set of the rookies and the cool cat master and the cool cat master. And the Cool Cat Master is going to be out of around 3,000 or something. So you're looking at a legendary out of 99, an MGLE out of 499, three rares. Uh, I guess is not actually a rare. So two rare. Cool Cat won't be a rare either. A 2,000, a 3,000, and a 4,000 circulation. And then the 40. I don't think they're going to come out with another base set slash 40K or whatever for LaMelo. And I think I was extremely excited to see that news, uh, and I was actually probably should have done some of my pack in my bags before the show, and maybe I'll do them later tonight. Um, but I was looking at this and just thinking, like, there's going to be so many of his that are the more harder to get. But his cheapest moment, I think, is going to continue to be that Lamelo is that Lamelo slash forty thousand. Um, and if they don't come out with another one, that will forever be his cheapest entry point for his rookie of the year rookie moment. And $44 is likely too cheap for that. And so as soon as we finish this show, I will uh, likely go and be packing my bags uh, for that. Don't lie to me. As soon as I start talking, you're going to be multitasking over there. If, if, if I ask you a question and you don't have a quick answer now, I'm going to know that you're not paying attention to me. Well, well, no, that's a good point because, because it's not like there's going to be, oh, there's one that's 44 and one that's 150 or even 200. Like it's 44 to 900 plus because I think any of these new ones that are come out 
are going to be likely just as expensive as these. I mean, at least a couple hundred. So yeah, that's an interesting point. And then there will never be any of those Lamello. So it will forever be by far the cheapest. All right, yeah. I'm sold. I like that. All right. So whoever's <laughs> competing against me for this 17,000 one that I'm just trying to buy, I appreciate <laughs> it. And I probably just need to start going for $45. <laughs> Uh, any other comments on the awards in general? Um, and then for the sixth man of the year, I, I did not make a slide on this, but pulling up Vegas Insider, this is actually the closest one that's not like 100% set in stone based on the odds at least. Jordan Clarkson, the favorite at minus 500, and then Joe Ingles is at plus 250. So reasonably close there. But uh, I, like you said, I don't imagine – a sixth man of the ward doing a ton for their top shot prices. Or are they going to give that a badge? I don't know. Um, what, what do you think the order of likelihood of getting badges is for those um, five awards? I'd say for sure MVP first. I think kind of in, its, in a tier of its own. I think MVP is even way more likely than Rookie of the Year, I would say. I would say Rookie of the Year second and also in a tier of its own compared to the others. And I would say that the other three are all equally not very likely. I would maybe, ah, I would maybe say sixth man is actually third most likely, but I'm not 100% sold on that. What, what do you think of the bottom three? So, I mean, I think, I think MVP and rookie of the year are pretty close. Um, because okay. in the collector, like they've already shown an affinity. So they're just going to keep hammering badges on rookies. To just, that's what I'm saying is they already want to distinguish rookies. And yeah, this I feel gives, like they're already distinguished. That's kind of why I'm like not yeah. as sold on that one, but. And maybe they awesome. announce it at the same time. They announce like the cool cat um, that, Hey, the cool cat. And if Lamelo wins rookie of the year, he'll also get a rookie of their badge to give it that kind of extra boost as well. Um, I don't know. I could see it. Uh, so I think those two are a tier of the rail. And uh, I would probably put defensive player of the year next just on its own. Um, just to, you know, you want a two way to, uh, you know, like two way players you go for, you get the extra defensive. We value defense. There's probably some cool moments. Um, and then most improvement six band basically are situational. Like you weren't good enough. So therefore you were able to improve a lot. You weren't good enough to play on a top five. So you were able to be the best six man. Like it feels a little light to me. Yeah, agreed. I think all of those are pretty. Yeah, I, I guess I could see defensive player, but not super and likely. Thanks for grabbing all the ones I'm trying to get. People, we're up to four. Everyone buying up. Before. I should have packed my bags, TJ. Should have packed your bags, man. You're too busy just preparing for the show, which <laughs> I I very much appreciate. All right. All right. So. That does it for the awards there. I think that the next thing that we want to do is talk through. Hold on a second. Let's just talk playoffs in general. So we've got the the play-in games going on right now. I can reiterate the slide that we are sharing on Monday. Although my screen is going dark on me for some reason. Mm, there we go. I can see now. Nope, we lost it. Yeah, for some reason when I'm doing that screen, it doesn't seem to work. Anyways, we've got the playoffs happening right now. We talked a little bit about it on Monday. I don't know if we have too, too much to add, but at least wanted to acknowledge that we have Indy and Boston advancing from last night. So sorry to, to your boy over there, Bradley Beal. 
outshined by Jason Tatum last night. And one of the things we're talking about on Monday is what, if any, impact do we envision these but games Washington, happening on the market? What the game tomorrow night though is going to be Indiana versus true, uh, true. versus Washington. So I still shot. think, yeah, I still think Beal and uh, you know Westberg are still going to take that down. And to be fair, if they win it, it's actually a better situation. Easier matchup. You'd rather go against 76ers than the Nets. Um, you'd rather be in there and not have to play this extra game. But if they win it, not a bad situation. Um, and then over in the West, um, you know, we're recording at 9.04 right now. Last I saw is Memphis was taking care of business. Let's get a quick score update here. 58-53 Memphis? Yeah. That's what I'm saying? Uh, there you go. Okay, so a little closer. San Antonio's putting a little late push there. Um, and there's a, you know, loser goes home, winner has a chance, but yeah, without a doubt, I'm excited for tonight and I am, yeah, without a doubt, I'm cheering for Golden State. I've just, I, I, I want that. I want kind of the mayhem. I want to see late. I also want Lakers to, if anything, get the eight seed. So then we can get a Laker an LA LA matchup. If the Lakers and you know, Clippers can both come out of that. It would be cool to see the Lakers like have to win this one game to even compete in the playoffs like that. Oh, yeah. That would be pretty, pretty surreal to watch. And that'd be fun. And to be fair, like, I mean, if LeBron and AD and the rest of the team, but like if they could then get to the finals and win a championship going through Utah, going through LA, going through either Phoenix, Denver, then going through the Nets, like that's an amazing championship run. And that'd be fantastic. And yeah, it's going through the, you know, going through into the Suns and the Nuggets, and then Utah or LA is also a strong run, but not the same. Let's talk some. Let's talk some playoff lineups here. I think I'm going to kick it over to you in a second. But we popped this out little fun thing yesterday that that we were putting together before this show. But uh, popped out. Hey, for all of the C- series two MGLEs. If you had $2,500 to spend based on their top shot prices as of whenever we posted this, what team would you build? So Justin and I went ahead and built built two teams. So you have them over there, Justin? Can yeah. Over to you. There we go. And we got some users teams that we called out as well. Yeah, so um, put it on Twitter. Got some good responses. Um, so we'll start off with TJ and mine, and then we'll, I'll kind of go into some of my favorites that I found from uh, Twitter. So... Um, also did a little data poll and we pulled uh, so all the teams and the four most popular players on all the teams were James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis, and Anthony Davis. And um, I think Harden, Giannis, and AD are not a surprise at all. They're all in a sweet spot from a financial thing with all being around four to four to $600. And, you know, their talent just outperforms. And you know, maybe this is an interesting exercise to be like, hey, who are the players that I should actually be considering if I wanted to go buy an MGLE, not account, you know, ignoring the challenges and the challenge rewards and stuff, but just saying they're all slash $4.99. Uh, and then from there, it was, okay, who can you just find as kind of a fifth man to compliment if you're going with those four? Uh, and I, that's what I did. And then I threw in a Chris Middleton. You get the Giannis kind of teammate aspect. Uh, we've seen Middleton actually be able to perform at, you know, a high level, especially as a teammate of Giannis. Um, and so I think that's a pretty strong starting five that would uh, be able to take down any team in the playoffs. Yeah, I definitely like what you came up with there. It looks like a 2v2 against mine. So you've got Giannis and Middleton. I've got Jimmy Butler and Julius Randle. I got to admit that your two are, are better from a basketball standpoint. But, I mean, I watched playoff Jimmy firsthand with the Sixers, and I, I 
he, I locked him in basically. I didn't even consider not putting him in. I'm sure you agree that the 269 price is, is certainly fair for him. Obviously, when you don't have to go that much more to get Giannis, it's tough to do. But I want the playoff Jenny, a little character in the locker room. And then, you know, Julius Randle, most improved, most improved yeah. player of the season. He's on the rise. He could improve even more over the course of the over the playoffs. And, you know, maybe my team would have a little bit more chemistry. Plus, you know, what if Giannis can't shoot in the playoffs like we've seen before? It's possible. Your team has heart. I'll give you that. Um, a lot of a lot of hustle guys there. And uh, yeah, Butler in the playoffs are fantastic. And I'm excited to see what Randall's going to do with the playoffs this year. See if he can just kick it into another gear. I really wanted to put Steph into mine, but it was pretty much impossible. I mean, he's just too expensive. Yeah, like I, I wanted through. to I wanted to jam him in, but you you couldn't play like you couldn't do Curry, Anthony bad. Davis, like and any anyone else good. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I guess I'm not playing Steph. Yeah, I mean, so here I, I looked, and I think two teams ended up going with Steph. And so if you go Steph, sixteen fifty, we now have eight hundred and fifty last left, so around two hundred and ten for four players. Maybe you grab one of those other value guys, like uh, I don't know, um, the Giannis, we'll say, and now you're looking at three hundred and fifty dollars for three guys. Like you, yeah. you, obviously, you can go to our site and find some of the other cheaper ones, and there's a couple, but like. It gets ugly. Um, I yeah. I, I guess when I look at this, so we'll start off with this one in the bottom right. Only I think one person went Zion, or maybe there was only one that went Zion that I liked because I think that was the most expensive player that you could actually stomach um, was Zion at a hundred. Um, and so when we take a look at his Zion lineup, you know it's a pretty strong lineup to go with it though because you got that Randall and Butler like you did as well. We threw in a Harden. It's not much different than you. It's a 2v2 of you with Darren Fox and Zion. And, uh, you know, hey, maybe uh, James Harden's actually going to play point guard in this lineup and Darren Fox can kind of, uh, I don't know. They're going to be fighting over the ball, but we'll see. So that's from the barrel zone. Um, and we'll go on the far left. We got at VLB Belong 875. Uh, I like this taunt lineup because um, you take a look at, hey, we still have those core three of Harden, Leonard, and Giannis. And then uh, he went a little off the board, um, wanted to get Trey, which leaves you needing uh, for a cheap guy with Clint Capello. But if you need a big man to kind of get some boards for you, uh, that's a solid group there. And then final one in the middle, Brad the Bandit. Um, so he went with the Kwa Giannis AD. And then, hey, when you're going for triple-double, you got playoff Ross. And if Donovan Mitchell is able to lead a number one seed in the West, who knows what he would do on those teams. So overall, I like it. Um, I think it was a fun exercise, and you, know, you really pull up some good teams. You had to go hard in a rush. You couldn't go hard and rush together. That was one of my rules. I was like, <laughs> not putting them on the same squad again. We saw how that turned out. <laughs> hey, it would be an enter- entertaining aspect. It would. Well, it definitely would. I would love to watch that team. I just uh, not sure they have the chemistry that would be needed to go on a deep run. Whereas Julius Randle's just a great locker room guy, real character builder, and then Jimmy. Come on, playoff Jimmy. And, uh, I mean, the shame is that there are some good players on here that just haven't had their MGLE to S2 released yet. So you couldn't pull in a Chris Paul. Obviously, there were no KD or LeBron. Um, probably would have been too expensive for this exercise anyways. But, uh, yeah, so it was cool. That's a fun little, fun little exercise. All right, Justin, should we get to some listener questions? So we took some questions before the show on Twitter in the Discord. If you have some questions and you're live in the chat right now, you can throw them in the chat. We'll try to pull in some of those as well. And we'll just try to, to work through these, talk 
through a couple things, tried to pick out a, a couple different themes to go with. And yeah, Justin, uh, I'll, I'll be trying to monitor the chat, producer Coop as well. We'll see if we see any good ones there that we can pull in. But we'll start with some of the ones that we already got. Sounds good. Question number one from DK11 is, wondering your thoughts on if we'll ever see a trading marketplace where top shot collectors can trade moments instead of selling in the marketplace, like the way it is with cards. Yeah, and I think, I mean, it's it's probably a bit more difficult even to be doing that with cards and, you know, not counting your just, hey, growing up in the schoolyard and trading with friends. Now, that was obviously one of like the most fun aspects of it. Um, but even today, like the actual act of real trading is difficult because a lot of these platforms need to have some form of monetization strategy. And it, usually a one-to-one -one trade leaves the platform without any kind of, uh, you know, profit. Um, so personally, I think, uh, you know, Will it happen on Top Shot? I could see it happening. And uh, maybe there's some incentive to be able to be able to do it. Um, I think there's probably a lot of risks as well with regards to the bot and stuff. And like what happens when you have someone trading a $3 moment for a $500 moment? Like, is this just a way now to skirt the uh, marketplace fees and stuff or any kind of trading? I think that's probably the most complex aspect for the platform. Uh, but what I will expect is that, and we've seen a lot of this popping up on an external play, uh, external marketplaces. Uh, we just saw a company uh, raise raise funding at a twenty million valuation, trying to build um, like a web, la an application layer on top of NFTs, so allowing you to do more easy swaps and easy swaps and stuff. So. I would say that I think, yeah, we'll see it in a third party aspect. Um, I think it'll be a little little less likely we see it anytime soon um, within Top Shot Marketplace, but we'll see. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's a lot more likely when we're in a world where you can take your Top Shot NFTs off of the Top Shot platform and then, like you said, have some sort of third party. I'm pretty much in agreement there. What I do hope that they at least can have in the within Top Shot itself is some sort of not necessarily trading, but at least like communication method between buyers and sellers. So, uh, yeah, a bidding system would be ideal, but you know, a way of okay, I see a moment that I like for twelve hundred dollars, but you know, I'd love to pay. I'd pay nine ninety nine for it, but not twelve hundred. Is there a way that I can communicate with this person in some way and be like, hey, for not so not necessarily trading, but more for buying and selling and creating more interaction that way. We're just putting a bid feature in there. And uh, I mean, I would love the idea of doing a trade and say, hey, you have to do a trade, but you got to burn a moment. Okay, cool. I'll go burn a moment. Now we're burning moments, which we're all fans of. And uh, maybe that's the in incentive that um, Top Shot gets. All right. Next question here from Brandon K1017. Better long-term investment, S2 MGLEs or S1 first moments? I'm going to go ahead. I think you're going to be on the same page with me. I'm going with S1 first moments. Are you in that same boat, Justin? Well, I mean, like I've been talking up these S2 MGLEs and I'm sure this is where kind of Brandon's But you've also been talking out up the Top Shot debuts. Of course, of course. You're talking and, up uh, everything, man. What are you, bullish? <laughs> and uh, no, I mean, Top Shot, it, it comes to a, a money issue though. Um, because let's take a look real quick. I've got this I was about to say, so a like, good way, okay. If there's a good way to do this would be like a comparison, right? Because my... Yeah. My so gut is the Series 1 first moments, but I could be convinced otherwise, or at least be good to see, like, okay, you're dealing with a Series 1 first moment of X versus an MGLE of... I think there's just person. completely different price ranges. So mm -hmm. let's pull, if you want to pull up OTM NFT, and we'll do a couple comps from the S2 MGLE. Okay, let's check it out. So let's start with Giannis. 
Giannis? Ooh. You can just go to the pull up Giannis and go to the compare moments tool. It'll probably be easiest. Yeah, perfect. We've got. You can just pick on anyone. Okay. I'll just pick on Giannis and then we'll check him out. All right. This is sorted by lowest ask. Okay, that works. All right. So our. Top shot debut S1 is looking like 3685. Um, can you go scroll over 44% real quick? Uh, held by top shot 56%. So you still have a decent amount that have been held. So this is a little inflated. Um, but even if you think like, okay, in this situation, maybe they eventually go down to three or something. I don't know. But we're comparing $3,600 to S2 MGLE which is 475 when I was looking. Maybe it's even probably dropped down even a little right now. 465. Oh, yeah. um, one's a slash 499. One's a slash 1,000. I think I'd rather have the Metallic Gold S2 for 465 than be paying 3,500 for the Series 1 Top Shot debut for Giannis. Now, maybe when that circulation goes, you know, more closer to that 90 or 100%, that drops down to like 1,500, and then I'd probably rather have the S1. But if you're talking a you know, six, seven, eight X multiple, something around, um, you know, almost, almost even nine X multiple, uh, I think I'd rather have the MGLE S2 in that situation. Yeah, the definitely massive price increases. I, I guess the question. For me, it would be like, would you rather a Giannis MGLE S2 for 465 versus some sort of comparable Ooh, let's first try to, moment like for 465? So let me Bradley Beal. Pull, pull that up right here. Yeah, like yeah, I think actually Bradley Beal is probably a good comparison there, right? Bradley Beal for 465. 250. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so, so there's a good example. Would you rather have two Bradley Beal Series 1 first moments or – one Giannis S two, and Julia. I think I think it's a good question. Basically, is the bottom line. I think they're both. I think the answer is that they're neither is bad. Like of all of the sets of all of the options, these are two MGLE. I said it on one of the podcasts I was on recently that MGLE is my favorite set. Specifically, obviously MGLE one when you can get it. MGLE two at a, a much of a greater discount there. Especially the better players in the MGLE two. I know that some of the bottom half of the actual players that are in that is a little bit watered down and then first moment. So I think focusing efforts on both of those is good, but like, yeah, it's a, it's but a it's also question. out of 3000. It's Bradley Beal. It's, it's a lesser player, but you know, it's out of 3000. And this is one that I thought, you know, we're using an example that I thought was one of the best values on um, as the series one top shot debuts. Um, so even that, I think it's a little unfair, but in general, I think that the MGLEs are just such a discount as well because of what we've seen happen to the people who are getting the MGLEs in packs while the Series 1s have held up just a little more because the composition of owners of the S1s are far more of the early adopters in the early days. Um, and so long-term, like, yeah, I'm still, you know, most bull extremely bullish on the S1 debuts. But I think from a value aspect, the great elite players um, of the S2 MGLE it's pretty strong. Like, let's do one more. Let's do Luca. Yep. Let's do Luca.
So it's basically just betting on players over the badges, right? Like taking the better basketball and, player and circulation count career. and set. Yeah. Be, I mean, yeah. So like Luca here, his MGLE isn't even a slash four nine nine nine. It's the slash three twenty nine, and so we're at fifteen hundred. If you want his series one debut base, it's twenty six hundred. Okay, so four times as much circulation. 2,600. That's tough. Now there, I think I'd rather have the Luca base at series one dunk. But like now there, we're talking a price difference of what? 40% more, not the 800% more that we saw in that previous one with Giannis. Like it. Makes sense. Okay. So this, we talked about this for a second earlier. So So the question was, here is around what is the impact of china's recent announcement regarding cryptocurrency does this eliminate the china growth scenario as a possible outcome so the first answer to that is that as we mentioned earlier the this was not actually a new thing with regards to china and them quote unquote banning cryptocurrency it, it has been a thing it was just kind of re-reported it almost, it almost reminded me of when the top shot team the one time reposted that badge article that had already been posted like two weeks before and people went nuts. It's, it's kind of just like people see news for the first time and it's news to them and they react to it accordingly. I also saw someone in the chat say that crypto has continued to dip and I looked and it has. So craziness still going on there. But uh, what are your thoughts on, I guess the, you know, one of the things that's been talked about is oh, China loves NBA. Once China gets into the top shot, it's going to be a massive growth what do we think the chances are of that actually ever happening? Or do we think that China is going to be mostly locked out here to the best of our ability? Obviously we, that, that decision's way out of our hands. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, what happened today with China and the announcement for cryptocurrency, I don't think has any application to the top shot component. Um, especially because like the you know onboard ramp for many people with top shot is through credit cards and other means and such. Uh, I think maybe this just gives us a little more uh, perspective on, hey, maybe we shouldn't think of the China as a guarantee because things that we should have considered from beforehand is that just it's a very, very difficult market to break into for non-Chinese companies. Um, and, you know, that's just the way that government kind of runs. Uh, but they're also like heavily already invested with the MBA and you do have the MBA partnership. And uh, because we know that the MBA with the way that they speak about events that happen in China, uh, the way that they continue to market and you know, build up that Chinese uh, you know, community of MBA fans, because you have that MBA entry point, it makes sense that the MBA would eventually want to bring this to China as well. Um, what that ends up looking like, who knows? Um, but I, I still think that the China thing is, you know, it's going to happen. It's bullish. Um, and then, yeah. And, yeah. Next question here. Why do some challenges see a price drop shortly after the challenge is announced? Shouldn't it be the opposite from their Yes family 2021? The Reyes family. The Reyes. I was about to say, I'm definitely, it's a tough well, one to read. You the Reyes family. Their Yes family. 2021. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, there, yes, fam. The Reyes fam, yeah. 2021. Shout out to the Reyes fam. Hi. Uh, so let's pull up the MGLE for 28 and 29, because I think this might be what the Reyes fam was kind of referencing um, for what we were saying. 
And I think, you know, when we started this show uh, back in kind of January, February, one of the things that we were, you know, big proponents of is, hey, when you, uh, you know, when you have moments that are part of a challenge, during that challenge is the best time to sell because that's when the demand is up and people are trying to buy those moments to complete challenges, et cetera. Um, what I think has happened more recently, though, is that this whole zigzag aspect. Um, I think people have wisened up to the idea that, you know, during challenges is when I should be selling. So people just, you know, in, when they get one of these MGLEs in a pack, or maybe they thought they got a value or something early on and they've been waiting to sell it, they're like, I'm going to wait until that challenge is announced. And as soon as it's announced, I'm going to put it up for sale. And uh, so that's what happens. And when you have a bunch of people now adding circulation and you know, to, to the listings, it turns into an undercutting situation. And so you have the MGLE 28 here. And there's an argument that, well, the MGLE 28 went down because people were holding those moments and they were hoping that it was going to be for the Joel and feed. And yep, that's okay. That's fair. But you still see this strong decline all the way to the point where then there's that kind of correction because the undercutting eventually people buy out. Um, if we go to MGLE 29, which we have as the upcoming, it hasn't even officially been announced yet, but most people who were, you know, a lot of people really were able to pick up on it pretty quickly that, hey, um, these are the moments that are needed for MGLE 29. We put a tweet out about it. I believe so did the first mint. Um, and what you see is that, you know, hey, those moments, if these were, this area over here to the right was all green going up to that by anywhere between 20 and 40%. These moments were skyrocketing. Um, and as soon as it was announced, people started listing and then the undercutting began. And that's where we just saw that, yes, the challenge was announced and you would think intuitively that, oh, the prices actually should go up as people want to complete it. But in reality, it's just, there's more people that have been waiting and you only need a couple to start that undercutting. And if I'm a buyer, I've been also, the other thing we've been preaching at challenges is during this bear market, wait until the very end of the challenge to decide whether or not it's worth the complete. Because A, rarely are the prices actually going up at the end of the challenge because overall bear market, maybe the final day we see a little upward boom, but in general, it's a slow progression down. Uh, and the other aspect is the more information we have, the better. No one's forcing you to complete a challenge. If you really love that moment, you can obviously get it later words in the marketplace. Um, so let's take advantage of our time and say, okay, let me figure out how many completions are there actually going to be near the end? What is my cost to complete? You can either see that when we put out a challenge analysis or you can build out your own and that time information is important. So the more people are waiting to complete these challenges combined with the people who are trying to sell as early on, less buyers, that's just going to lead to these prices drop. So what does that mean for us? Do we zag, you know, zig when others are zagging now? Maybe we should actually be trying to sell them ahead of time. Uh, maybe you should pick a random time and thing is, yes, there's a little less demand, but there's also less people trying to sell theirs. And so that's when I've kind of got to the point of like saying, hey, you know, if you got one of those throwdown moments, maybe you don't actually wait until it's in the challenge, but you kind of sell it ahead of time um, and just hope that, you know, you're able to kind of get a buyer before other people are trying to undercut you. Makes sense. It's definitely, you know, my first reaction too was that that's surprising and is counterintuitive, but I think it also just goes to speak for the state of how people are viewing challenges right now. And they're, they're not as excited about completing them as they were maybe a month, two months ago. And instead it's, okay, I have these moments that are in the challenge. Now I'm just trying to get rid of them as quickly as I can. And also it's a combination of that and people, like you said, anticipating the challenges coming, buying the moments ahead of time with the goal of flipping them as soon as the challenge begins.
Agreed. All right. So we had a couple of questions about trade-in tickets. So just kind of summarizing those up in general, giving takes on the trade-in tickets. What are our thoughts there? And so this is with regards to the fact that the distribution plan for the Series 1 moments is that you will be able to trade in any moment to receive a trading ticket when you they can, if you can then put the trading tickets up for quote unquote sale i guess you say that would then get you in the queue to get special packs that would have the series 1 base moments that are still sitting out there and so we do not know information on exactly how many trade in tickets would be needed to do this but uh what what, what are your thoughts and i mean we've seen as recently as a couple of days ago, $1 moments on the marketplace. So the first thing I'll say is that anytime you see a $1 moment, to me, that's that's a trading ticket, essentially, not not necessarily just the moment. I know they didn't last very long once they were out there, but how are you thinking about trading tickets in general, Justin? Right. And the first thing that we were saying to people is do not, you should not be going to make purchases at you know the, the current prices because you believe you're trying to acquire a trade-in ticket. Um, this trade-in component was scheduled to go from about, you know, sometime in the next few months all the way to like late 2022. Uh, so this was without a doubt a long-term plan. And one thing that we didn't truly have or have full clear line of sight into is what was, you know, Top Shot's plans from a circulation aspect. But it is quite clear that they had, you know, their plan was whether you know, directly or indirectly moments to go down to a dollar. And I think one thing to counter that is, well, if moments are going down to a dollar, we don't want people to just be extremely upset that they, you know, you know, get these moments and just having like a ton of these moments available for a dollar and then people are just dissatisfied. So I think they expected that people are going to have a ton of $1 moments. They want to continue to incentivize people to buy these $9 packs, um, both new collectors and long-term as well. And they expect that, you know, hey, they want to incentivize that long-term, those dollar moments are not worthless. Even though you didn't get a player you loved, even though you're not happy with it, you can still trade that in later on for the opportunity to maybe get one of these S1 packs or, you know, another collector pack and kind of trade and maybe find a player that you do like. And then it's kind of like this idea of trading indirectly with a grab bag situation. Um, and so once again, you know, I think I hope people took our, you know, um, our thoughts and our strategy that we were giving early on about like, it's not worth kind of rushing into it now because I have full confidence at the end of the day, these trade-ins these trade -ins will all be worth a dollar or less than a dollar. It's probably going to be moments that you, even if you try to put it in the marketplace for a dollar, uh, they're not even going to sell. And that's why you hold on to them and you just use them as trading tickets. Yeah, I would definitely not be trying to sell any moments for a dollar or two dollars. They have better value as a trade-in ticket. But you know, I, I also think that <laughs> Whenever we get, and the other thing to keep in mind is that when they announce this plan, like we said, it's a, a 12 to 18 month plan. So the plan is to distribute these by November of next year, 2022. So it's nothing immediate. Right now, I'm not really doing anything short term one way or the other with regards to trading tickets. I mean, I guess if there was a $2 moment out there that I'd like the player anyways, it's just an extra reason to, to go ahead and get that. But I, I wouldn't be running or, or feeling like you should or need to be doing anything with regards to trading tickets quite yet. Right. And I mean, the $2 moments that are, uh, the $2 moments that are existing right now are likely going to be a little more valuable. Like if you see a $1 moment right now, that'll likely be more valuable than the slash 50 K series three or slash 50 K series four. That'll be trade-ins later on. So I, know, I see Adam Reberger. He's like, Hey, crazy to think that a $1 moment won't sell. 
Well, okay, agreed. It's a little crazy, but we also got to keep in mind that this is also a year from now, likely. You know, and so when we're in series four, there might be a slash seventy five k. There might be you know at least slash fifty k. There's going to be one dollar moments of bad players that nobody just wants, and so those are the ones that are likely going to be primarily the trade ins. Um, anything you have now, um, maybe you have something that cheap, but more likely it's still kind of in that two to three dollar range. At least that's what we're seeing right now. Yeah, I, I do. We do. We do have to address black hats question slash comment from the chat here around can we address how after Tatum scores 50 points and his S1s went down so are we ready to to give up on playoffs mattering already so let me go ahead I'll share here the screen of Jason Tatum's moments so yeah he had his S2 35k go up and his Random S2 season tip-off, and then everything else. Not looking great, Justin. In the red. So what 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 do we make of this? Let's pull up let's pull up the uh Coop moment just uh because I know he's in the background and tilting his face off because Coop picked didn't he pick the S1 debut? Yeah, right here. Okay. So Coop is tilting his face because last night he picks, you know, he picks Jason Tatum on Monday. He sees Jason Tatum go for 50 points last night. Um, oh, that's tough. And he goes down. And goes down. Just and, buried. Uh, can you zoom in? Like, you know, maybe in the day, are we able to see, like, did it at least get any jump early on or anything? I don't think so. It doesn't look like it. Nothing Just at all. Just okay. casually going down. <laughs> Let's try another Jason Tatum moment. Let's see. I want to, because I, I do believe that. I think his eight dollar one, his uh, cheapest one, yeah, actually. The eight dollar one went up, but I mean that's also so like you can go from seven to eight dollars, and it looks like it's a massive percentage increase when. Right, but I thought really, I thought I might have seen something went from like twenty to twenty eight. Does he have a moment that's around the twenty range? I can actually look here. All right, so let's go to that twenty four dollar. Yeah, twenty four dollar one here. So this is his 24 hours is down. Yeah. But I still, I just want to see the trajectory of it. Yeah. So let's zoom in at the very end here. So this is S two slash 15,000. Current low ask is $24. That was some bad double clicking. I don't know what just happened. My computer is not liking me right now. Okay. Um, Maybe if you can see if you can pull it. It looks like it went up. That's what I was seeing. Yeah. And so like you saw that initial, but right. Yeah, there you go. Not uh, jumping. Um, oh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so I think it's one of those things where a um, does Tatum putting up 50 points in a playoff game change the way that we think about Tatum as like a long-term card collector? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so for a play-in game. Yes, he got a little more attention, but I think this is an example of what we said for the playoffs where like there's going to be some, you know, maybe short-term spikes, but like we always, you know, we see that correction. Um, now, I think if we see Tatum continue to, he doesn't have to put up 50 points, but if he continues to put up 30, if they win a couple series, Boston somehow may be able to make it the final. I mean, what? I think Boston, so Boston will play the Nets. If they upset the Nets and maybe they can make like a run. Um, now, we the way we think about Tatum changes because it wasn't just one game. It's he led a team over a big, you know, the big three of the Nets, getting that upset, maybe making a run we kind of changed the way that we think of Tatum. And now I think you could see some long-term change in his value. Um, 
But I just don't think it's – I think it's a fool's errand to believe that the result of one game, especially this early in the playoffs, is going to long-term change a player's kind of uh, value on top shot. We have one last question queued up here, and I think this is a good one. I know – I personally know some people that – have been in the spot, but so if you're in the red with a collection of star S2 15k base moments, do you sell low at a loss in order to move into the fellow low S1 moments? Question mark. Many of us got in at the same time and feel stuck. Ian Waddick, and I'm sure that there's a lot of collectors out there that bought in during the hype phase or you know, and may- maybe experienced a couple days or weeks of things going up, but I've seen since seen a trickle down. I think that my my first I'll give my first take on this, Justin, and then kick it over to you. But one thing that I will say is that it's hard to do, but this whole concept of quote unquote selling at a loss should actually not really be on our radar, right? Because it's a sunk cost at that point. So what whatever you have in your collection now or whatever you've, you know, previously bought and whatever you bought it at, theoretically should not matter for what happens in the future. It's all about, okay, right now if I have X amount that I want to invest in top shot. What's the best way that I want to collect with that amount of money? I know that mentally it, it doesn't always work like that, even for myself included. I think I talked about this on one of the recap pods one time. Like it's, it's hard to buy a moment for a hundred dollars and then sell it for $60. But really I think that that gets into people's heads too much. So that was my first comment on that. Justin, what do you think? Yeah, so in theory, I definitely agree with you. Um, the maybe core, the one factor is that five percent market fee you got to take into account because you're basically paying a five percent fee to change from one to another. Uh, but I think there's actually opportunity right now if you are buying. Um, now, the way that you get your financial to be able to buy is always you know, it's a challenge. And so, if we're talking about from selling S twos, I think my main answer here is. You're talking about S2 superstars, so it's not like you're getting out of bad moments. So there's still good moments, and we're talking about from moving quality to quality. Um, I would say don't sell where you're at a situation where it's like I just need to get out, and you're maybe going lower than that. You're getting into an undercutting aspect. But uh, if you want to do this, I'd say do it as a more gradual and kind of put it around the low ask. Maybe put it at low ask and try to sell or something. And then uh, the big thing is when you're buying – be particular, be specific around, look for the moments that you really see are either the serial or the price that you're looking for. Because there are a lot of people right now that are trying to get out and are undercutting and are selling. Um, But overall, there's still opportunity here uh, to get that value. And so I saw in our mission control center in the discord today, someone was mentioning that there was a Paul Pierce run it back for low ask and it was like number 47. And so it's still $2,000. And so I mean, it's still a lot of money, you still need to be bullish, you know, on top shot in the long run, and you know, got a capital to get that. But if you were trying to reallocate to something that you felt had value, and you thought those Paul Pierce was, well, you have the opportunity to get a number 47 at low ass. And so we see those elsewhere where it's okay, if I'm going to be making those moves. Don't just force yourself out by going way low undercutting and getting into undercutting just because you feel like you got to sell to move into those others, do it in a more gradual and make sure then when you're ready to buy, you're finding the right purchase for you, whether it's the player, the moment, the price, whatever. That was all the questions that we had queued up, Justin. Anything else that you want to touch on? We are just over an hour into the show. We're at an hour. I think that's fine. Um, 
think I kind of want to end up on a decent note. Maybe uh, rip open a pack and uh, maybe we'll do a maybe do a giveaway right. or something. All right, let's do it. All right, we. Um, you ripping one or what's the? Yeah, I'll, I'll rip I, one. I, I, I did Monday, so you gotta snag one here. I like it. I'm gonna rip, and uh, we're gonna give out. I want to give a moment away, or to, yeah, even two moments away. But how do we do it to people that are only in chat? Ooh, I like that. All right, we got think of think of a creative way because I want to make sure it goes to someone in chat. Uh, I want to make sure that it's still fair and such. Um, and while you do that, I'll start sharing my screen for a new tab. We can maybe put out a tweet that's just a very simple tweet that means nothing and people just kind of uh i mean right now I'm, right now i'm being super manual that i think might be possible but i'm just typing in the people that i've seen in chat there's not that many of them so we might be able to get away with it now they're coming out now you're now they're yeah we got people coming out of the woodworks <laughs> okay oh boy well all right this job seemed like it was going to be easier Oop. You got to help out. Start uh, start collecting. It's, it's fine because we can always go back in the chat and stuff yeah. um, if necessary. <laughs> oh, that's funny. They all come out of the woodwork. Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, people like giveaways, huh? There we go. I, I see you, Sergeant Stogie. You've won too many giveaways, I feel like. <laughs> Okay, let's see. What are we going to open today? Open away. All right, we're going to go with uh, the 33. We ready for this? Do you uh, so, watch situation? Oh, you can keep opening that. I, I think, I think I'm going to be able to have okay. this under control. All right, so what we'll probably do is as I open these up, I'll, uh, I'll kind of talk through the moments. TJ is going to keep working behind the scenes. He'll put those in kind of the wheel of names. And uh, we will uh, gift. Uh, probably, TJ's put enough work in. We'll probably gift two of these moments. Love it. All right. We're going to go back them to open. here. Here we go. Starting with number three. Let's see we get. Series two. Release 33. We got a 21102 handle. Oh, we Ooh, got quickly. a Emmanuel quickly. Love that. That's a strong one. I That's a I good two start. More good ones. Yeah, I don't want to get that. It's a strong gift right there. That's All a right. Start. Here we go. Number two. We've got no low cereal. Five nine seven four. Michael Boulder with Golden State. Nice little layup. That's a solid cereal. Alright, and here we go. Number one. Comment number three one nine nine three. Joe Harris. Joe Harris. Out of University right, of Virginia. Alright. I'm gonna be selfish. I'm gonna keep that quickly. That's my first one of them with <laughs> 40, but I will gift the Joe Harris and the Michael Mulder. Alright. I think I think I've got everyone. That's put in the chat. This is gonna be people are gonna have good uh good good odds here. Alright, I like it. Alright. I'll let you I'll let you take over. I'm gonna remove my screen. 
And I kind of, I kind of like this rather than, so, uh, yeah. Rather so, than, so, like, if you, so if you're in the chat and you me. don't see your name on here, type in right now and I'll add you. So if I'm missing you, let me know. Ken Stock, do I have? Yeah, it'll I take have a Ken. minute. Uh, it'll take like a five oh, yeah. second delay. I don't think I have Ken Stock X. Okay. Adding Ken Stock X. Ty. I don't think I've got Ty. Now I've got Ty. Oh, here what we go. Now a, I got more. What about a Mark H? I see Mark H pumping the channel, telling people to give some likes. We got to make sure he's at least in there. All right, all right. We've got people. Uh, you just got Jeremiah in there. Good, good. SB. I also want to make sure I don't have people twice. So if anyone, if you see me have anyone twice. All right. I think, good chat. I'll let you know that pretty quickly. It's fine. <laughs> Not if it's them. They'll be like, hell yeah. All right, <laughs> uh, all right Sergeant Stogie, you have one before, but we'll, we'll, we'll get you in. You, you, you did enough. AJ uh, Lee. Okay, I think I'm cutting it off. I think we've got everyone. Matt, we have Matt, I think. Matt B. Okay. All right. We can always add a people for the second one. Yeah. All right. So first, this will be for the number 5974. 5974. Oh, All right. Michael Mulder, here we go. Spinning the wheel. All right. Throw in BBLL in the next one. Yep. I threw him in. I threw him in at the oh, last perfect, second. Perfect. XRP her, Lazarus. XRP. Early in the been chat. active. Been active in the chat tonight. Hey, Coop. Right. Can you make note of that? So don't, oh, Coop's not there. Okay. I'm going to have to make note of this again. Uh, XRP, XRP Lazarus. Lazarus. Gets the molder. And XRP Lazarus, if you could DM us on Twitter just so we know, can figure out your top shot name and all that stuff. Yeah, that'll be helpful. Thanks, XRP. Okay. Congrats. Congrats. Now let's go with. I'm going to remove XRP. Sorry that people would get mad at you if you won twice. What do we got uh, next, Justin? We got Joe Harris. I remember watching him back in his UVA days at ACC. Got some <laughs> Mets action. First time I ever got lucky in my life, XRP says. <laughs> I apologize that that is the first time and it was for a $4 Michael Mulder. But uh, hey, better, better late than never. All right. No, that's a solid cereal. That uh, goes up. That's more. Okay. Joe Harris. We got 31993 Joe Harris. All right. I saw a worm, Kelly, and Chad. I do not think we're in. So I just added them too since I contributed. So here we go. Joe Harris. I've, also the had the, I've had the music going on in my speakers, but not anyone else's. So I've just been bumping this entire time. <laughs> love it. Love it. Feeling good tonight. All right. Here we go. We are spinning. And we've oh, got oh. Strictly, Sports. Strictly Sports. Nice. Another active uh, in the chat all night. So, uh, I like your Congrats, quick typing. Strictly Sports. It's not necessary to have won the, to won the wheel. We are good. Yes, XRP, if you could DM Own the Moment on Twitter, that'd be great just so that we can figure out your Top Shot name and make sure that we get you over your moment. Now, granted, this will take uh, a week for the gifting rules yeah. and stuff. So uh, definitely send us that first DM. We will try to keep track and remember. Um, but do you know if it's a week and we have not sent it, do not hesitate to just reach out. We probably just forgot. We want to make sure we do get it to you, though. Okay. Awesome. I like that. I like that. It's you know, got to reward the people that are in the chat, people that are being active. Congrats to the winners. 
Congrats indeed. All right, Justin. Any final words before we go watch the Lakers Warriors? I think we have an announcement for next week. Oh my goodness, we do. I almost forgot. We have a big guest coming our way on Monday. We are going to have on the original World Series of Poker champion, Mr. Chris Moneymaker, is going to be joining us on the show on Monday. Anyone that's a poker fan out there, you got to know who Chris Moneymaker is. Big into Zed, big into the NFT world. We've been DMing back and forth with him. Seems like the guy's got a lot going on, and I'm I'm super excited to have him as a guest. I think it's going to be an awesome, awesome show. I mean, the guy's like, yeah, yeah. someone says it here. Like, it, legit <laughs> legend. I mean, it, it was like, it's kind of surreal that we're going to be having him on the show Monday because it's going to be freaking awesome. Yeah, I mean, and like he's been in the top shot. He uh, legitimately was doing a bunch of the legendary hollow challenges. And uh, yeah, I love that Like he legitimately was termed the moneymaker effect where he's the one who took the $38 Poker Stars entry all the way to the World Series, showed that anybody, you know, is, I think it was an accountant in his previous life, um, won that at the same time that like started the big poker boom. Um, so absolutely love it. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a fun show, and uh, he is he is a character. He is Oops, definitely this one, the biggest bluff in poker history. I mean, it really like. Oof. Do you remember who we, was the guy? that actually? That should be a yeah, Sammy Farha. Yeah. That should be a question that we ask him on Monday. Like, dude, what were you thinking during that bluff? I would not have been able to keep a straight face the way he, did. he had the glasses had a, on. I remember he just... had a fantastic poker face throughout that entire tournament. I mean, he was just cool as a cucumber. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm going to be watching like moneymaker highlights all weekend now. It's getting hyped up. I love it. I love it. Uh, it's going to be fun. And yeah, he's, uh, he's been DM and stuff. We've just been talking NFTs and stuff and his, he's a character. He's a hoot. He's uh, just living <laughs> the life right now. Absolutely amazing. It's going to be, it's going to be a fun show. So probably going to be, you know, a little bit more of a fun show on Monday with Chris on. We'll still obviously talk, touch on any of the key topics, but going to really, value chris's time and make sure that we get as much out of him we gotta, we gotta awesome. talk to espn and see how we can get this uh nfts at that bluff <laughs> yes that would be amazing <laughs> oh, oh good deal i will all right I'll, strictly sports set up the kraken said yeah shout out to the kraken for leading the chat kraken was just firing <laughs> in the chat tonight so, and he says he, he bought his jersey, uh, jersey grant off of Chris Moneymaker. So, uh, yeah, without oh, a doubt. Oh, um, oh there it is. <laughs> he's, he's That's awesome. Active. Chris has been active. So, uh, we'll probably, uh, we'll probably run a giveaway or two as well. We make that a fun show. Um, oh, yeah. So, tomorrow, um, we'll probably announce it officially um, to all the, you know, everyone else out there. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll look forward to seeing you all Monday night. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And then I'll, as always, have my weekly recap podcast coming out on friday and then i don't know who we have in the discord yet sunday but we'll probably yeah maybe we'll do something in discord sunday ask me anything we'll we'll keep you guys posted on that all righty shall we call it justin we will and uh i'm not gonna say the person i'm not even gonna give a hint but i'm excited for the next couple weeks because not only do we have chris moneymaker but the week after that we might have we've got someone who's probably more famous than him more uh more well known Definitely, I've seen him on TV more often than Chris, but that's all we're saying. That's all we're saying. I would say that is correct as well. We, we got good care. stuff coming out. I agree with Corey. Shout out, Producer Coop. Always the case. All right, all right, all right.
getting out of here. Even, Coop wasn't even here for the giveaways. I had to keep track myself. <laughs> Leaves and takes care of the little one. Gosh, come on. Man. All right. Um, all right, guys. On behalf of Justin, on behalf of producer Coop behind the scenes, I am TJ Lasik, and we will see you guys next time.